you've got to know that you're worth it, but you've got to work on some of these limiting beliefs first so you can actually believe it yourself. Welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. If you are ready to be the best version of yourself and level up your life, stay tuned as we interview special guests who will bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we are going to show you how with your host, Ryan T. So I want to welcome Joel Dunn. Joel's from JD Mindset Coaching. He's been a friend and mentor of mine, helped me in my business, and also rewiring my mindset. So first off, welcome, Joel. Thanks for having me, mate. Looking forward to the chat. My absolute pleasure, man. When I started this podcast not long ago, I knew that you're going to be a huge asset on this just because of the um, first-hand experience I've had with you helping me in my business and stuff like that. So we're recording this live. So what's been happening, mate? How's your day been? Uh, yeah, Mondays are pretty pretty cruisy for me, really. I don't put too much on the morning. I just like to set up the week and, and get everything managed and um, work out what I'm doing um, and get set in that. So Monday mornings are generally pretty cruisy for me. And then what about, Joel, with COVID and everything? I know you run a successful photography business and studio, but you also have your coaching and stuff like that. So has any of it slowed down? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's thrown everyone through the ringer, I think. We shut our doors mid-March for the photography studio and opened them up a week or two ago um, once the restrictions ease. So definitely taken a hit, which is expected when you can't shoot, can't see clients. But look, it was a really interesting time. It was the first time in 18 years I've been in business that I had time to stop. So one thing I realised out of it, like there's there's always good things to come out of bad situations. And one thing I realised is I'm addicted to working. <laughs> and um, it totally freaked me out when I had nothing to do for a few weeks there. So it was actually good to just reset and work out priorities and what was important and that sort of thing, spend more time with the family. So definitely the photography took a hit. I I kept coaching my clients, um, obviously, which was really beneficial to them and me, actually. I really enjoyed that and getting them through it. And they went on like a very interesting journey. Like early on, I thought people would struggle a bit, but everyone did really well. The struggle actually came probably about two to four weeks ago when everything was opening back up. That's when everyone sort of hit a block and really struggled. So that was quite interesting from a mindset perspective. I'd love to, Joel, we'll go back to like what this business coaching and mindset coaching is. But why do you think the block come like, you know, when things started going back to normal? Why do you think that was? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think at the start, there was a bit of definitely a bit of fear and panic with my clients, myself included, actually, for my photography business. Like, okay, what's this mean? How long is this going to take? All that sort of stuff came up. Then, you know, the government assistance and different things sort of put in place. And then I think there was a bit of a, a time in there where everyone was like, oh, this is a bit novel. It's a bit new. This is cool. I can work on my website. I can do this. And everyone sort of got into a bit of a flow of enjoying it. And then a little bit of fatigue hit, I think, at a certain point. And that's when it started, I think. Probably a week or two before it opened up again, there was a bit of fatigue. Like, this has been going a long time now. Um, I want to get back into it. And all normal routines and structures were at the window. So that uncertainty and no stable sort of I guess routine really affected people and then 
when things were starting to look like they're opening back up, I think that fear kicked in again and make okay, what if people aren't going to buy? What if this? What if that? All these, there's uncertainty and fear. Those two things really, and people were really struggling emotionally with it for sure. And so I know, Joel, like routines and structures are something that you you definitely focus on a lot. And with COVID, like most people's routines and structures have been thrown out the window. So do you think that was like the catalyst of people really struggling? And do you think it's going to like play more into the photography realm of people, you know, being in maybe a lazy habit state or something like that and now next minute you know there's photographers or creatives that have been working proactively during this kind of off season if you want to call it and really honing in on their routines and developing themselves do you think that's something that people should start looking into like getting back into a good routine or if they didn't have one getting one yeah definitely like there's a couple of different routines you're talking about like at normal life you've got if you've got kids or you go to a certain job or you've got a studio, you might drop the kids off at school, you might go to your studio at these times and like this, you know, your partner might work these dates and that all got thrown out the window. School wasn't happening. So that's one avenue. And the other one is your your personal routines and structures that I, I like to teach with my mindset, like morning routines and rituals and that sort of thing. Those are the ones that are really key to keep going. Like it's easy to throw them out the window a bit when you're sort of, I guess everything, all the other routines go out the window, but you need some direction and structure to your day because people crave certainty. Like as a as a race, as a as humans, we need some level of certainty. And with COVID, that just got all thrown out the window. So the more structure and certainty you can create for your day, the easier emotionally it's going to be for you to go through things like this. Hopefully, we don't have to do it again. But yeah, I've never seen anything like this before. But yeah, those sort of things. I think it, um, I mean, yeah, obviously I haven't either. And it's so interesting that it's throwing a lot of people off the rails, not just with their mental health and stuff like that. But I mean, you've obviously helped me in my business tremendously and, you know, honing in my mindset into what it is that I do. And I, I just actually, before recording this show, just just reread the, the testimony I did for yourself. And I, I explained how for the listeners out there, I would love to go into what you do, but for my firsthand experience, Joel, you've helped me obviously with my mindset and actually like looking at my purpose and why it is what I do, what I do and why do I do it and getting that morning routine. Like I'd love to go into this with you because I'm a morning, morning person and how I'm on your wavelength and how important it is. And especially getting through COVID, right? Like there's so many people that are, are struggling, but that, you know, it's not just, bookings it's their mindset and there's so much hey joel there's so much that goes into mindset it's not just who hari let's say affirmations to <laughs> ourselves. and it's so i didn't realize honestly mate i didn't realize how much it would transfer into my my goal which was a financial goal which was building a successful business for x amount of dollars each year and it's like to do that i was doing everything right but i just had to hone in those little things on my mindset to make sure I was happy to turn up every day and make sure that I wasn't working eight hours because that wasn't my goal every day. And I, yeah, like I said, I was rereading that testimonial. It was like, I wanted to mm. thank you for allowing me to hone in my mindset. Now I'm only working generally two hours a day, you know, and still living the life of my dreams and, and pushing forward in the career. But if I can take you back, Joel, like for the listener out there that doesn't understand what a mindset coach is or what it is that you do, can you explain that? 
Yeah, I guess with the how I help photographers in particular or business owners is business and mindset. So you're the biggest block to your success. And as a small business owner, you are the business. So, so many people neglect themselves in the equation of starting a business. They might be a photographer and that's their passion or they might be a hairdresser so they decide to start a salon or start a portrait studio and they think, okay, cool, I'm passionate, I'm a good photographer, let's go. And they start and, you know, you've got to learn marketing and sales, that sort of thing. But a lot of people just neglect themselves in that what their belief structure is and what's stopping them and what's limiting them to what they can achieve. And every time I work with someone, we sit down, there's always a set of limiting beliefs they've got that, okay, you know, you might be, let's, a perfect example, I just put a testimonial sort of thing up the other day, this morning actually, I had a client who was doing shoot and burn for $600. And I questioned her, okay, why are you doing it? Why aren't we doing IPS? And, you know, you should be averaging close to 1500 And she totally thought that was, it was not possible. Like, I can't do that. I haven't got a studio. Okay, we can go to their home and do it. Oh, I can't do that. So there's all these beliefs she had. And I just got a message from her on Friday saying she's now averaging $1,700 because we got rid of all these beliefs that were stopping her. Now, six months ago, she didn't think she that was even a possibility. Now she's doing it. So the only thing stopping her was her mindset. Simple. So where do you think, Joel, like these limiting beliefs, where do you think they stem from? Like do they stem from our childhood? Or- 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Look, limiting beliefs always come from the past. It could be early childhood, could be teenagers. It's like all the different experiences you've had and all the people have shaped you, especially a lot of them come from when you were quite young because you were you're being molded at that time and you took on a lot of what your teachers or your parents or friends said at that time. And it's very unconscious. You don't even know it until you move back and we sort of go through this when I coach a lot of times, okay, where did that come from? And we try to find the root cause of it because when you find it you can then break it and you know a lot of it's money based as well or self-worth based like well I don't think I'm good enough to charge that or I haven't been doing photography enough to charge that which is all all bullshit really like Mm. it's just these beliefs that are held so strong in our mind but once we can rewire those like it just opens up the possibility of what you can achieve so Joel, do you think for the photographer out there that maybe a, say a wedding photographer, right? And they're in the two to $3,000 mark, right? So they, they want to increase their prices, but they truly maybe don't believe they're worth it or they're at, you know, this kind of like ballpark figure of $3,000 and there's no way they're going to get up to the five, six, $7,000. So going back into it, you think it's just their mindset and their relationship with the money and their belief, like can they fake it till they make it type thing? Or do you think they can be read through like clients sit in there and they, they put forward this proposal of a $5,000 package? How do they get to the point where they truly believe they're there? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Fake it till you make it. Like, yes and no. If you don't truly believe it, it's going to be a lot harder to sell it. Like you could, you could definitely sell it, but it's not as probable because people subconsciously will pick up on your anxiety around it so it's about you're starting at your belief system like why okay why not like ask that why can't i charge five thousand dollars and then you you just i guess a lot of mindsets asking yourself questions as well and even journaling on it like why can't i charge five thousand dollars and you write down all the reasons you put there and then you ask questions is that true 
is that true? They like, you know, might say, well, I've only been doing it for two years. Well, is that a good enough excuse? And you might go, well, no, I know another photographer that charges 10 grand. He's only been doing it for a year. Okay. If someone else is doing what you're doing, then it's possible. You just got to, first you got to know it's possible. And with photographers particularly, we get wrapped too much up in what our work is like when it's not as important as we actually think. And that's where the, the limiting beliefs can come from. Well, I'm not as good as Ryan. Or I'm not as good as this photographer or my style's like this. But you got to remember, people buy you. They don't just buy your photos. So they buy your personality, your energy, your vibe, you know, what you can do from your customer service. It's all wrapped up. So you've got to know that you're worth it, but you've got to work on some of these limiting beliefs first so you can actually believe it yourself. And then, so Joel, what are ways we can work on these limiting beliefs? So if it is a financial block, what are some things that we can do practically to get over that hurdle and then to start that progression forward? Yeah, cool. So look at, like obviously you do this with a coach, but if you want to do it by yourself, it's really simple is when you're in that negative mindset of like you want to put your prices up, what comes up negative that you say to yourself? Like it might be, I haven't got enough experience or people in my area won't pay that or whatever those little limiting beliefs that pop up are, write them down. That's a start. So you can actually identify them because a lot of time they're just in your head, but you write them down and look at them and go, okay, what's the opposite of this? So if it's people in my area won't pay that, for example, that's a really big one with photographers. You just write the opposite. Like there's heaps of uh, clients in my area that are willing to pay top price for my photography. Just something, you know, whatever it is for you, it's got to feel right. And that can be an affirmation or something that you just say to yourself every day to start with. And every time that comes up in your brain, whenever you're hearing yourself say, oh, people won't be able to afford that, when you hear it, just stop yourself saying it and just say that new empowering belief to yourself. Because what you're doing is you're stopping the neural pathways of that limiting belief and then you're making a new path for the empowering belief. And over time, That'll take over and you'll start to believe it more and more. That's just a really simple, quick way to do it. It might seem a bit weird and a bit out there, but it actually works. So then the obviously the more we tell ourselves, the more like we can't or we're not worth that much, the more it kind of reiterates that we're not. And it obviously builds that foundation that we truly believe our mind. Yeah. And that blockage, right? And that's what'll manifest as well. So the energy you put out, and you don't have to believe those new beliefs at the start, mm-hmm. you probably won't. But over time, you'll start to believe them and then you'll start to find evidence to prove it right. So you always get evidence to prove your beliefs right. So if you believe that people can't afford it, you'll find the evidence that proves that's exactly right. Then you can say to yourself, see, I told you, I told you they couldn't afford it. But if you hold powerful beliefs the opposite, you'll eventually be able to show that they're right as well. And this also... Not so, mate, to butt in, but this doesn't just go yeah. on the financial spectrum either, eh? This also is whatever it might be, the art that you're creating or the life that you're living, not just financially. Yeah, like you said, like, for example, someone might say, I can't just work two hours a day or whatever. It's not possible. Well, why not? <laughs> you know, why not? That's because it's your belief. Like one of my things I've tried to change since COVID, for example, is I would like do my morning routine spend time with the kids and get them ready for school or whatever, then bang, I was at work, eight to whatever, and that's it, just hardcore work, nothing else. Like I'd even eat 
my lunch at my desk, right? And that's in between the photography and the coaching business. So I've got two businesses that's quite busy. Now what I've done is realise I need to break that up more. I need to like have time for different. I, actually, I meditate once a day during the day as well. It was the morning one. But now I've spent, you know, I've got an hour block here for reading and podcast and I've got another half hour block here for going for a walk or doing something else. So I'm breaking it up with activities I enjoy as well. So it's not just work. So it's really important to... Because my belief before, funnily enough, I didn't even realise, was like if you're working, you're working hard, right, and nothing else, and then go home and relax. Now I've realised, okay, well, I can work for a two-hour block, have an hour off, come back for an hour and a half block, then have a half hour off, you know, like that. So it's a bit more balanced and still get exactly the same amount of work done. So if we can jump into morning routines because I know you're big on it and you've also helped me hone mine in. Like, what does your morning normally consist of and, and why is it so important to start the morning off kind of not just your way, but like on a positive way? Yeah, like I think if you own your morning, you own your day. And like the thing that stops a lot of people doing a morning routine is they don't like getting up early. But like most of my clients, I start off in a really simple 15 to 20 minute one. So you just have to get up 15, 20 minutes before you normally would and before anyone else in the family gets up or you're getting distracted by kids. That's an important thing. And it's just like there's something about the morning that's you've just got so much clarity, like you've just slept. So you really you should be rested and then you can really set your intentions for the day and set your day up really well. So by the time you finish your morning routine, you should know exactly what's going on for your day and when and what you want to achieve. And, you know, the, a very basic level is you get up, drink a little like couple of glasses of water just to wake the body up. And I would recommend a 10-minute meditation just to get some real stillness and clarity. And then you go into something as simple as like three things you're grateful for. What are three things that would make today great? Like if these, these things happen. So you're putting your intention out there, the cool stuff to happen. And then the three main things you want to achieve for the day. Now, sometimes that's one big thing, but usually I say three things. And that's the things that are going to move the needle forward for your business. So it could be marketing, could be sales. It's not doing your tax. It's not updating Facebook. It's like things that are going to move the needle forward. And then you time block those three things into your diary. So between 9 and 10, I'm doing this. And then 12 and 2, I'm doing this one. And then you go and have your breakfast and do what you need to with the family, but you're in a really positive frame of mind. You know exactly what's happening and you're very clear. And I guarantee if you do that, you'll get massive, massive results. On the back of it so joel you're saying with our like tasks because obviously a lot of sole traders and stuff like that we have this list of 10 20 tasks we want to do every day so you're saying simplify choose a top three and then yeah. time block out those three on the day and if you get them done like that's a great day yeah so do but you want it because we all keep busy with stuff that doesn't service or isn't moving the needle forward so pick your two or three tasks that are going to move the needle forward and Block them in first. Now, you don't do any other task until they're done. Once they're done, then you can hit your to-do list with all the other stuff. But get the big things done first. So a lot of the time, you know, it might be I really wanted to approach this business for a third-party market and it's something you know you need to do but you're a bit nervous about it and you'll find that those sort of tasks you'll put off a lot. So you might have it on your list for about two weeks before you finally get up the courage to do it. 
put it first thing. All right, that's first thing Monday morning. That's it. And get it off the list and just hit those things. That really makes you and pushes you forward quicker. I remember when you helped me get to this and um, yeah, I had exactly that approach, a third party business for a marketing strategy. And I was going through my um, my to-do list, Joe, and it, it literally like it followed me over from day to day for about four <laughs> weeks. And then yeah. as soon as like you said, like simplify it and break it down to just the top three, because that was just in a list of everything else, like groceries. When you go, you forget the avocado because there's a hundred things on that list. Who doesn't love avocado? But it's so true, right? And then I remember it was so funny. I remember going and approaching this business, and I got turned away. And I had the fucking biggest smile on my face because I had done it, and the outcome didn't matter to me. And then straight after that, I went to two others in the same day and got success with those two. So I got two out of three. Whereas I was only going to approach one, but it took me a month to do it. And I, you know, I I have to take my hat off to you, mate, because obviously you helping me do that, like reiterated was, it was just my mindset. Like that business didn't care. Like they probably get approached on a daily. I was just another person. And it was just me like with my limiting beliefs and, you know, oh my gosh, like, do they know me? They're such a big brand. And do they know Feather and Finch? Do they know Ryan? Or what are they going to think of my style? And it was like, yeah, like when I look at it from now a third person perspective, it's like, they didn't care. And I, I was the one that cared. And I should have just like, yeah, just face that fear. Hey, and just like, yeah, go on and done exactly. it. And then and the, the worst thing that can happen is they say no. And they're probably thinking, oh, props to him for asking anyway. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? They say no. That's it. You don't die. Like, nothing <laughs> happens. That's right. But the best thing you did, like, a lot of people would do that one and get a no and go, shit, I told you this wouldn't work and that's it. They shut down. But you did another two and got bang, bang. You got results. So every no is close to a yes. So, like, you just did another two. Perfect. Well, I just thought it couldn't get worse, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's awesome that you you end up doing that. I remember that. And you, yeah, got two, two yeses, which is wicked. So then, um, Joel, can I go on? I mean, meditation is a part of my life and stuff like that. I know it's a part of your life. Do you think like, you know, for the people out there that don't meditate, do you think it's something they should look into that really going to help them, like you said, get that clarity and stillness before going into a day? Look, I, I preach it. I love it. I think it's something everyone should at least um, look into. And I would just start when it because before I, I sort of tried to meditate for probably two or three years, to be honest, and I'd do it here and there, but I could not sit still for more than five minutes. Like I couldn't shut off my brain. I couldn't sit. So I really struggled with it until I found Vedic meditation where you don't have to shut off your brain. Like you have a mantra that you say to yourself in your mind and then eventually you'll go into thought and then as the brain does, it's just how it functions and then you'll realise you come back to the mantra. So what it's teaching, it's a being technique, it's teaching you to be present. So the more you do it, the more you learn how to be present the more it shows up in your everyday life so you become more present in your waking life or your eyes open as they call it so you do a meditation in the morning but it's one of those things that you have to do consistently or it doesn't work like you can't meditate on a monday and a friday and maybe the next tuesday and like here and there it has to be every day like 10 minutes every day now i do 20 minutes or 25 minutes twice a day now and the biggest benefit I see is it teaches you to be present, but 
your intuition kicks in another gear as well. So things you normally would miss in life and in business, you pick up on and you just go with your gut. It's like a gut feel or you'll see something and go, that's a good idea and you just run, run with it instead of second-guessing yourself. That's a big benefit of it. And so with meditation as well, obviously a limiting belief since we're on that kind of subject, a lot of people that I guess you talk to, what's their limiting belief? Like, is it that, oh, I can't meditate, I can't sit still until like you said, you're just constantly training your mind to get into that flow state? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's probably one of the biggest ones. Oh, I haven't got time. It's not mm-hmm. a big one. And the big thing with, you know, meditation world is if you haven't got time to meditate, you need to fucking meditate. Like... That's when you need to meditate. Like I run two businesses and meditate 50 minutes a day. Like if I've got time, you've got time. Like it's just, it just becomes a, a have to for me. Like on the weekends, I probably, I don't do it twice a day. I'll just do it once a day. But during the week, twice a day, every day. And when I say to myself, oh, I just haven't got time today, that's when I know I have to do it. Because your productivity just skyrockets when you're in a, a more present state as well. I remember um, speaking to a friend of mine, a successful personal trainer, and we're sitting having a coffee a few years ago. And, um, you know, he said to me, what do you think the difference between an overweight, unhealthy person is between that person and someone that's like super fit, healthy, that goes to the gym? And I'm like, so eating, you know what I mean? Like that person's just eating too much. And he said, no, the, the only thing is, is their routines. That person that's fit, healthy, looks great, gets up at, you know, X time, four, five, six AM, gets to the gym. They still suffer the mindset burden of, you know, it's cold, I'm tired, I didn't get enough mm-hmm. sleep. But they get it done on every single day. And the other person that you're looking at on the kind of comparison table is, you know, not doing that. They're just like getting out of bed late, getting up for work, maybe eating unhealthy because they're not making the time. So he goes, mate, it's literally routine. And like successful yeah. versus unsuccessful is generally routine. Like, and I remember going for a run. I was in Canada for a wedding and we were staying like right in a ritzy, ritzy area. And I went up, got up at like five, went for a run. And it was so funny, Joel. Most of the house lights were on and I was running and I'm like, you know, these are multi million dollar homes. And I'm like, they're all up getting the day. You know, some of them might be retired mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it, it was really interesting. And I was just like, I didn't, you know, I was just coming up with this picture in my mind going, you know, these people are getting up early and this is why they have what they have. I think it's super important. Yeah, once it becomes a routine, like once you train yourself to do something for a month, for example, around 30 days, it becomes a habit and it's easier to do. Like it's just easy for me to get up now. I hate, I wasn't a morning person at all. I hate to get out now. I get up at six. Like I hated it and I still don't like it. My alarm goes off like this sucks, but <laughs> I know the benefits and it's just about discipline. Like you have to be disciplined and do the stuff that's out of your comfort zone. So it's way easier to stay in bed than get up and do a morning routine, right? Way easier. Big time. But the benefits outweigh that sort of comfort for me. And so coming up with a morning routine, like how can people come up like do we come up with our own morning routine or like you said have some like fresh water and then maybe some like 10 minutes of meditation and then should people do doing like you know physical activity or not like do they enjoy it or do they not like what do you think should be the next kind of step there well i just think like there's so many things you can do in a morning routine i've changed mine a lot 
over time and I'll put things in and add things out and, you know, change it up to see what works. You know, mine's about an hour now. It includes, you know, journaling. It includes positive affirmations and that sort of thing. It also includes a little bit of exercise. Like, depends. Like, some people love to just get up and smash out a run then go do a meditation and then do some journaling. Like, it depends on you. you. Mm-hmm. I'll just start slow and start small. Because if you try to smash out an hour morning routine from scratch, you won't do it. <laughs> you won't stick with it because it's just too big a job. So just do 10 minutes. Might be just get up, have some water, do a meditation. That's it. Real simple. Start slow. And then work from there type thing once it becomes a habit or we find our, our way of doing things. Exactly. Yeah, and add things in and just try, okay, this week I'm going to try adding in you know, the grateful um, three things I'm grateful for. I'm going to try and journaling for five minutes or reading a bit of a book or exercising. Like I normally, I do, well, before COVID hit, <laughs> I'd go to the gym on a Wednesday and Friday and do boxing um, at six. So I'd do that. Then I'd do my morning routine after the boxing. But now instead, I just smash out 40 or 50 push-ups as part of it just to get the blood moving as well, just to try it out and see how that goes. Obviously, you're a father to three kids, isn't that right? Three, correct. Yeah, so, so you're getting up before all, all three and getting this done before they wake up for their day generally? Yeah, so they get up at seven. They've got clocks in their room, so they know they can't get up until <laughs> seven, and it's right on seven. So <laughs> I know I can get my routine done, all the main parts, like especially the meditation. You don't really want kids up when you're meditating because it mm-hmm. sort of defeats the purpose, um, although my Young, I got up a little later today. It was six thirty today, and um, my youngest, I sit on the heater when I do. We're in Melbourne, so I turn the heater on, get some stuff done. Then when I do my meditation, I just sit on the heater. It's nice and warm. And um, he's four, so he came in about halfway through my meditation, and um, he's quite good. He he's like, Dad, Dad. I said, <laughs> I'm I'm meditating. He's okay. And he goes, Can you move over? <laughs> so I had to get off the heater. So he just sat next to me on the heater. And um, yeah, he was—he just sat there playing with his Lego. He was really quiet, and cool. I got the meditation done. But normally, I've got it all done before they get up because you know you need the solitude, really. I remember um, you said to me, like, obviously, I'm a morning person, and um, with my son, he wakes up, you know, normally at about five, so it's quite early. But you know, <laughs> yeah. with a five-year-old, he's he's full on all day. And I remember when we were honing in my kind of morning routine, my choices were really you know, to meditate before he wakes up because in the end of the day with a five-year-old, there's not much time, especially being a full-time parent and him not going to kindy and stuff like that. I just kind of had to get it done. So I started getting up, you know, 4 a.m. and people thought that was crazy and it was so, so hard. Like, yeah, you know, I do live on the Gold Coast and it, but it does get cold at four in the morning during winter and especially <laughs> with all the training I'm doing. But you know what? Now I've done it for so long that, I literally like, obviously I don't need an alarm now to wake up, but if I don't get up and do my morning routine, I feel like a different person for the whole day. Like my mindset has shifted so much from like a positive state to generally a negative state until it's done. And like, I kick myself all day if I don't do it, which is very, very unregularly that I'd miss a day. And I, I just going back into meditation, you know, like getting up and we went through my morning routine and writing those, you know, why I'm grateful, three things. And then sometimes I just meditate in the car, which you had, I think you had mentioned yeah. that 
you know, you just yeah, like it. if you can't do it at home because it's so crazy, we drive a lot. So just drive and and just stop for 20 minutes or 10 minutes and be quiet in a car. And it's it's actually funny. Like I think it's beautiful to meditate in a car because it's generally really <laughs> quiet. Hey. Yeah, I do like that's when I go on a boxing, I do boxing, finish, have a shower, then I'll drive to a cafe and I'll sit in the car and I'll just meditate in the car, then I'll finish my morning routine at the cafe. But the interesting thing is you said, you know, when you miss it, you don't feel as good or as, you know, pumped up or that's true for me as well. Like I missed one last week and there's a really key distinction here. So I missed one. I was knackered. Like I, for some reason, I was so drained and I just, no, nah, I'm not getting up. Got up at seven or whatever. Yeah, and I felt really, I wasn't, just wasn't my normal self. And the other thing you can get with that is guilt. The guilt will come on like, oh, I'm so lazy. I should have got, should have done that. Now I'm not feeling right and not going to get as much done. So you've got to get rid of the guilt. That's number one because it's a really low emotion. It's not going to help you. So, okay, tick it off. Didn't happen this morning. So be it. But if you're going to miss a day, and this is what I usually do, if I know I should have that night, I knew I was totally knackered. Mm-hmm. So what I do if I'm in that state and I go, okay, am I going to get up? I'll just make a decision there and then no, I'm not. And then when you don't get up, you're okay with it because you've already stipulated. But when your alarm goes off and then, then you make the decision to know, <laughs> then, then you feel bad, worse because you, 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 know, you made a promise to yourself you're going to get up and then you go, no, nah, I'm lazy today, I'm not going to do it. So there'll be times, very rarely like you, that I'll go to bed and I'll go, no, I'm not doing it in the morning for whatever reason and I'll just make that decision that night and I'll be fine with it and you wake up much better. You make up and I'll still do it or, or different fragments of it, but I just won't do it like in a block before the kids get up. It might just be a bit more sporadic, yeah. It's funny you say that. I have, I'm looking at my whiteboard in my office and I have me and then I have a line down the middle and it says mind and I have a tally. And for each training session or meditation session or something that I promise myself I'm going to do, whether it's routine based, mm-hmm. it makes me laugh because even just physical activity, like this morning I was going for a run and I absolutely fucking hate running, right? But I do it because I hate it. And I just realized like how much that helps. And people think that's crazy, but I only started leaning into that earlier this year when you helped me and stuff. And I remember going to, I think it was athlete's foot and, um, was getting a pair of runners, hate a runner, never been a runner. And uh, the lady's like, oh, so how much running are you going to be doing? What's your experience? You know, going through the right process. And I'm like, I hate running. I never want to run, but I'm going to try and run every second day. And she's like, uh, okay. And why are you doing that? And I'm like, because if I can do something I hate so much each day, hopefully it'll become something that I enjoy and then everything else will fall into place. But going back to my whiteboard, I have this tally and each week I have me versus my mind. And this morning when I was going for a run, of course I wanted to stop. I still hate it. But I laugh because I'm like, there's no way that tick is going to my mind, you little shit. Like I am going to take you. And then I got home and I was so happy and I ticked it. And I guess I just come up with that because like I play a little game in my mind that I'm actually playing a game each day. And obviously, like you said, the more you meditate, the more it becomes a routine. And like I was speaking to my sister and stuff about all of like routines and the reason why she's not losing weight and all this stuff and, and sometimes facing depression is because there's no routine or structure or these like, like you said, these blocks, like I can't do that. 
Uh, I'm unable to meditate. I'm able to get up before six. It's like, yeah, it, it's crazy that people, I don't know, like you want to live this beautiful life, but you roll out of bed and go straight into work and just go through the routine all day. But you miss, I believe, the magical hour, which is before the sun comes up or before everyone else gets up through. Yeah, it's really, it is. it's a, incredible. Like my, my favorite part of the day is that. And then I get home Generally, the family's just getting up and then we have a coffee together. I've already done the thing that I dislike the most, which is strenuous, hard. I enjoy it, but you know, no one likes it if they're training right because it's hard, mm. but it's done. And at 6 a.m., I'm home and I'm having a coffee and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like incredible. And then I'll get my three top tasks done and then, yeah, turn off the computer at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. Who cares? Like, go for a walk, go just for a surf. Like, I can't believe how much it's absolutely changed not just the business, but just me. It's like, it's incredible mindset. Hey, and people, people look at marketing and all this, but don't, you know, they just totally disregard generally the mindset of stuff. But um, yeah. I don't want to go into that too much. I want to flip things around Joel, a little bit. You've got Atlas Awaken. So can you explain what Atlas Awaken is and what you help people with? Yeah. So it's a new program I started for men in business, particularly dads in business. And the reason I started is I saw a real gap, I guess, like there's a lot of different stresses you have as a, as a dad or as a dad that runs a business and like you're generally the main breadwinner. So there's a lot of pressure on getting the money in and, and whatnot. And what happens is as males compared to like my female and male, I guess, clients is females are very, a lot more in touch with their emotions, a lot more let stuff go a lot easier or like their let emotions come up where men don't and they bottle stuff up. So that can have big ramifications, you know, down the track with stress and anxiety and mental health and all that sort of stuff. So what I wanted to do with that program is to really have a holistic approach to four main areas of their lives, which is their business, obviously. Then there's them as a dad, them as a partner, and then their self. And a lot of time, that's the self is the one that gets neglected. So they're not looking after their mental health. They're not looking after their, their physical health, their mindset, all that sort of stuff. So we want to balance those four out in a really holistic way. So in doing that, and there's a lot of business principles here as well, is to really build the business, obviously, smash out some you know, negative beliefs and fears they have around business and really bring it into what's possible to really create a an amazing life not just business for them yeah that's where the i guess where the basis of it came that's, that's so beautiful and like i've never seen anything targeted at, at dads especially hey because we do obviously being a father myself and yourself like we get into this routine where it's like we're passionate about our family and providing financially and working but like we like you said we totally forget that one thing which is self yeah and you're you're pretty solid on this compared to a lot of people but a lot of people have never like dads in business have never even thought about meditation or anything like that for example or looked at it and gone okay well i haven't really thought about you know how i can look after myself energetically health-wise and mindset and all that sort of stuff so it's really a new area for a lot of people that they haven't ever looked at because it's you know i guess it's just like a lot of men in business like they're good at something they start a business and that's it and the other thing I've noticed is there's no end goal. Like 
with a lot of men, they're so goal oriented or, or like, okay, hit a target, next, hit a target, next, hit a target. There's no end. It's just constant. So you, there's no sort of enjoying or, you know, celebrating what they've achieved and there's no enjoying the journey. It's all just like, what's the goal? What do I need to hit? So that's interesting as well. It excites me talking about this, hey, just because like, yeah, keep replaying what you've done in my business and helped me with and there's no negative aspects of doing this. Like no. you train your mindset, you come up with these morning routines, you come up with these this meditation routine and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, like there's n- nothing negative that can come from it. You know what I mean? Hey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if it's not for you, you've, you've just wasted a couple of hours or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I, I like... <laughs> I know firsthand, mate, like how, yeah, me looking back at years and I was never in touch with my feelings and now like I share my feelings and then that means my relationships with, you know, my family and my friends, I feel so grateful and that's so much deeper. Like it's not just a superficial chat over a coffee or dinner. It's like I can sit there and look my friend in the eye and say, I am so grateful and actually mean it, not just because I'm coming up with this word you know, being grateful because it's thrown mm. around, actually mean it. And then, you know, I remember like saying it to a friend of mine, Joe, and we hadn't spoken in a long time. I just said like, I'm so grateful for you to be in my life. And we haven't spoken in a long, long time. But just remember, I always think about you and I'm always here. And I shocked myself because I didn't think, oh, I'm going to come to, you know, this dinner or coffee and, and say this thing. And I remember him just staring there and looking at me and just thinking like, probably like, wow, Ryan has never fucking said this. What is this? And then after, he just gave me this massive hug. And, you know, being a guy guy back then, that wasn't something that I would have expected. He just gave this huge hug and said, like, I I love you, mate. You are family. And from then on, our relationship is so much deeper. And like, it brings a massive smile to my face because I can share anything, mate. So yeah, I honestly, I'm with you on everything you do. And I think, for any listener out there, like obviously they don't have to be a dad to touch base with you, Joel, with your coaching and stuff like that. No, no, no. Like, so I've still got like a, one of the coaching courses is predominantly based with photographers, uh, women and men. Uh, most of them are women actually at the moment in that one. And then the other Atlas Awakens, more just for men in business in general. It doesn't have to be photography based, but it can be obviously. But yeah, but that's a, a perfect story you just told there. Like, when you become more in tune with your emotions and and allow it to come out and to talk about it and just to say shit that, you know, mightn't be seen as manly, then everything heightens, your relationships get better, you become more connected to people as well. So, Joel, do you think, like, I mean, I just touch on solitude and stuff like that, spending time, like, with yourself. I know a friend of mine that spent, you know, pretty much a year in solitude and he, you know, just really like rode that wave of like depression and stillness and all that and then come out on top as a totally different person. So do you think that's something we fill our minds up with so much stimulation that we don't even give ourselves some time just to sit and think? Yeah, 100%. Like that's what this society is like now. Like if you, if you think about it, you're in line somewhere, what are you doing? You're on your phone, right? You're in the toilet. Half the people on their phone. Like you don't have any <laughs> any moment where you're just with your thoughts, right? So that can be quite daunting when you start meditation because a lot of shit comes up <laughs> that you you know mm-hmm. you've sort of maybe repressed or you don't really know is there. But the good thing about meditation is 
part of meditation is when you're in meditation sometimes and your mind goes wandering and all of a sudden you'll get this massive pang of like anxiety will come up and it's out of nowhere. So you, you go, well, I'm not thinking about anything anxious, but what's actually happening is all stress gets stored in the body at a cellular level. And when you're meditating in the Vedic meditation that I teach is like that stored excess anxiety and stuff is coming back out the way it came in. So it feels the same. It's actually a good thing because you're releasing it and you're just releasing all this stored stress. And that's what part of meditation is, the de-stressing as well. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess one thing that can happen is when you start meditating more and more, stuff can come to the surface like old beliefs or old patterns and like old anxieties and, you know, things will come up and it might be comfortable at times, but you've got to let it go. And then, you, you know, you come out the other side like your friend may have, you know, he might have gone through a really similar thing and you come out the other side much better. I remember sitting down and I gave myself one hour when we were going through through my coaching stuff and you were helping me. And I sat down for one hour without my phone, without any distractions. And just like, I just sat staring into nature. And I remember, I think I had a timer on my watch just to ensure that I didn't have my phone on me to be like, oh, that'll yeah. do. And um, I remember watch, feeling my hand go to my pocket, like within about, honestly, <laughs> within about five minutes. And I kind of laughed at it. But then within about, I think it was eight minutes in, I just, started crying and mm, wow. I didn't feel like I had any stress and I didn't, I didn't have any like direct issues that were coming up in my life. I just started crying and it, I don't know if they're happy tears or anything. And I sat there for the whole hour, not sobbing, but it was just, I was crying and I left that and I felt so fresh. I felt like honestly, like that one hour was the hardest hour because it felt like 10 and my hand just kept going <laughs> to my pocket, going for the Instagram or scroll or whatever like that. But then I yeah. realized and I sat down and, and I remember speaking to you and you said, you know, journal about all these things. And I started journaling and I started writing about these personal experiences that I was actually going through that I wasn't even consciously thinking about that were actually really, really hurting me. But I was stimulating my mind with socials and websites and mm. business and dad life and fitness life and health life and all this other life. And I literally, for years, I hadn't even stopped for one hour of my life. And then giving myself eight minutes and I'm like deep into like a vulnerability and, and crying and then writing about it and owning it and facing it and doing that on a daily. It was just so interesting. And we do fall into those ruts, don't we, so much? That's crazy, isn't it? And it's what actually happened there. It's like a surrender, right? Like you surrendered the and subconsciously probably and it's just come out. And it's like a release, a letting go. That's what's actually taken place there. And we just don't have, we don't allow ourselves the time for that shit to happen. Like, that's why I put my phone at the front door when I come home at night. Because, yeah, and I'll find myself here, you know, concise and be present with the kids and my wife. Like, you'll, I'll notice, like, you know, you're home for half an hour and all of a sudden you go, oh, can you grab your, go to mm-hmm. grab your phone. And then you're sort of, ah, oh, that's right. I haven't got it. And now I consciously, when I'm in line or something, I, before I even realise I've got my phone out and I'm looking at Facebook or something, I'll go, no, nah, and I'll put it back in my pocket and just go, okay, just be here. Just relax. <laughs> you don't have to feel every moment. And it's funny when we don't, hey, though, Joel, like being a father, it is so much more energy to give focus attention to your children. Like 
I actually went out the other month and bought a Nokia 3310, like absolutely no internet. You know, it's got snake. <laughs> I don't play games on my phone, but I felt like I was spending too much time on social media and it wasn't like, it wasn't obviously helping me passively in my business. So I went and bought this phone anyway. Sundays are obviously with COVID, no weddings. Now I turn off my like iPhone and I just call forward all my calls to my Nokia 3310, chuck it in my pocket just in case obviously any emergency calls with family and stuff like that. Yeah. And literally like, I'm like tired after a Sunday because like I've given so much attention to my son and not to my phone, but I'm so fulfilled. And I actually don't mind then turning my phone on on the Monday and actually checking socials. You know what I mean? Like it's those little things, hey, where we can separate ourselves from life's expectancies or, or technology. Well, the thing now is everyone expects everyone to be available 24-7. And, you know, as a business owner, you could get an instant message, Facebook message, WhatsApp, email, text, phone. Like there's so many avenues to contact and you go to and check them all. It's just, it's tiring. So like you did on a Sunday, that's what life is. It's about spending moments with people like your family and your kids and whatnot. So, you know, it's not all about business. You've got to really balance it out all thought it was all about the hustle, right? Work as hard as you can. And I'd nearly work myself to the, you know, when I was doing wedding photography particularly, I'd work insane hours in summer. It was insane. And then it wasn't until we had, I had my daughter and she was born in June and then we went, I went into that summer, September to Jan, Feb, March, whatever it was. And for six months, I hardly saw her. And then I realised, shit, this is no way to run a business. Like I can't keep doing this. So that's when I consciously decided to change the portraits and make a more balanced life where I'm not working weekends and nights and different things. Like, and it was my own fault. Like if someone wanted a, an appointment, I'd just do it whenever. So I was working like three or four nights a week, seeing wedding clients. I'd take on obviously any wedding that was on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday that I could. And yeah, it just wasn't sustainable. Do you reckon all that, Joel, comes down to like what we see in society? Like, you know, you watch a motivational thing and like there's amazing motivational things out there, but a lot of like, you know, hustle, get up before dawn, like go and the successful business owner or or employees like at the office three hours before everyone else and like work. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like society really drives that work ethic, don't you think? For sure. And I I was like that. For sure. That's my, that was my, thinking now it's more uh, work smarter not harder and like the more you do the things like the morning routine meditation the the more zoned in you are you don't have to work for long periods like you can smash out a two-hour period and nail your whole day's work or whatever and like it's about activities that are generating income for you and we spend so much time like wasted time i think it's something like every time you get distracted just say you're doing a marketing campaign, an email pops up and you go, oh, I'll check that out. And then you come back. You're wasting like 22 minutes or something wow. each time. Like by the time you stop, check that couple of minutes out, then come back and rework out where you're at and like calibrate, you know, what you need to yep. do you, every time. And you notice how many times a day did that happen? It's insane. A normal person working eight hours in their business could probably do that in four comfortably yeah. if they really zoned in, did a morning routine, meditated and turned off notifications and went, bang, you can do it. And it's only going to get worse, obviously, with like the way technology is. Like, I'm not like a technology hater, but I think it's got its yeah, it's got its rounds and it's got its disadvantage and positives. But obviously, 
you know, you got to take charge of it. And that's obviously what you help people with, hey, taking charge of their life and their lifestyle to create the life they desire, whether it's life or business or whatever. Yeah, but the other thing is people think psychologically like, okay, if I'm not working eight hours a day, like I'm, I'm not making, you know, I'm leaving money on the table, I'm missing opportunities, I'm doing this and like feel guilty when they take like odds like that for sure, massively, not in, up until quite recently, to be honest. Like where I'd say, well, if, you know, I'm, I remember being on, so it was September, I went to Fiji with the family on a holiday for two weeks then, like no, that was August and September I had a retreat in Bali for a business thing and then I had like a whole week with uh, my daughter on her school camp like three weeks after. I remember talking to my coach about it. I'm like, I'm so stressed. You know, I've got three pretty much for a month off in like two months. Like I'm like all these things and like I'm really stressed. He's like, dude, he's gone, this is why you work so hard so you can take time off. Don't don't put stress, you know, not, it was a really big realisation. I'm like, shit, I'm stressed about having time off, like that's ridiculous, you know. And I, I remember being on holidays, you know, before that, like a year or two before being so stressed because I wasn't working. Like it was like trying to enjoy myself but still being stressed that I wasn't working and we just get so addicted to that. Like if we're not working, we're not making money, but it's it's not the right way to look at it. And it really frees you, doesn't it? Like I remember looking at my calendar, yeah. I think 2019 or 2018, and, you know, as wedding photographers, as you know, you've been there, you've done that and we book out early. So I was I remember looking at my calendar and a friend of mine was looking over my shoulder and he was working in my office and he's like, dude, that looks like Tetris. Like what the heck? <laughs> and um, I sat there and looked at all these colors and I was like, fuck, I have anxiety looking at this. And, you know, he said straight away, oh, you did that. Like you booked them all and they didn't book themselves in. You you made your little color palettes. <laughs> and now like obviously COVID's quieter, but like I, I'm super happy when I can open it. I can actually see clear spots and then I can go, yeah, hey, let's go camping on Wednesday. Like let's go Bali's for sale. Like let's do an, our 35th trip over in Bali. Like, <laughs> like I get excited just talking about that because that's what excites me. Like not filling my whole day away from my family and obviously I can't take my hat off enough to you mate like you've obviously helped me and I know like right now hey like COVID-19 what an amazing time to hone in the mindset and to live the life and to learn the routines and meditation like I don't reckon there's a better time for it. No it's like it's needed more now than ever because things like coronavirus is they highlight like what's wrong or what beliefs we've got or what fears or what stresses we've got, they highlight it more because it's like the control and the certainty have gone for a lot of people and kicked their feet out really. So they're freaking out, a lot of business owners. Like, and it's worth looking at, okay, why am I freaking out about this? And ask questions, journal on it and come up with some new ways that you want to be moving forward and how you want to operate moving forward. And like you're just saying, one of the a quote, I can't remember who said it, but the work is done in the rest is a really good quote. Like the more you're resting, meditating, spending time with family, those like enjoyable experiences, that's where the work is. And the more you can do that, the more productive you'll be when you're actually working, quote unquote. It's so true. A friend of mine literally was turning 70 hours a week. I caught up with her for dinner yesterday and she actually said, like she hasn't lost her job. It hasn't slowed down. She's decided she's doing three days a week, eight hour days. And I said yesterday, I said, like, have you 
lost work? Have you lost your income? She said, no, I'm doing literally what I could thought I could do in the five days, in the three days, and I'm spending the other four days with my family and I am a different person and it's all due to COVID. So unfortunately, a bad situation, something's come good from it. It made me so happy because like, yeah. I live for that. But I um, obviously, I'm, I'm weary of the time. We've been chatting for a while. Can I ask you a question where you can share three implementable tasks photographers can do now to level up their business or their game? Yeah, so I think going on from what we've talked about, morning routine is number one, clearly, even if it's just 10 minutes meditation or 15 minutes. But set a target for yourself to do it for one month, like a 30-day challenge, right, for everyone. Every day for a month, I'm going to get up at whatever time and do a 20-minute, 10-minute morning ritual, morning routine. That's number one. That's killer if you can do that. Number two, I think a really, I guess we talked about this a little bit as well, is switching off the importance of when you get home, having a trigger that sort of says, okay, this is my stop thinking about work time and spend time with my family or if you don't have family, spend time for myself. So for me, the trigger is when I come in the front door, I put my keys my phone and my wallet on the bench there and right down the front of the house and that's where they stay and that's like my cutoff, so it's switch off time. So that's important. Mm -hmm. The third one is work on you. So it's a big one like as a business owner, you're the business. So every day do something, whether it's five or ten minutes of like reading a book, like a really good, not just a fiction book or anything, but like a personal development book, a spiritual book, a business book, whatever it might be or a podcast uh, or a YouTube or something that's going to fill your mind with really positive stuff and like different ways of being and different ways of doing business. So they're probably the three biggest things you can do. And they're all pretty simple. 20 minutes a day, you can do all three of those. And it will totally change the game, hey, for sure. Yeah. So where can listeners find out a little bit more about everything that you do? Yeah, well, probably the best place at the moment is just JD Mindset Coaching on Facebook always chucking videos and different things up there and you can hit me up on the message if, if you want to chat or you want to know anything about the programs, that sort of thing. Uh, we do different intakes and, and whatnot, but um, we're always happy to jump on a phone call with someone in business and see where they're at. Incredible. I'll obviously link out to everything that you've explained and stuff like that, but I want to thank you and I'm just honestly so grateful to have you here because I know like guys, if you are listening to this, like I'm telling you firsthand, you can jump on. I think it's on JD Mindset Coaching, my personal testimonial to what Joel's done for me in my business. And I, I believe you know, I had a strong mindset at the start, but we just honed it in just that little bit more. And Oh, mate, like I, I have a smile just thinking about the person that I've become from just those little things that you've helped me with over time. And there are some people out there that really, really need a lot more help. And to have a person like yourself that's a father that's been through it all, that you know, you explain on your little promotional video, which is beautiful about your family, mate, I hats off to you. You've done amazing things. Yeah, obviously, you're giving back to the community, which is so amazing and letting people live the life they have always desired to be but haven't taken the time to even think about it. So I want to thank you again, Joel, for being here, man. No, I appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me on. It was a, yeah, it was a really cool chat and um, I think we got, got through some really good topics and um, hopefully people get some value out of it. I know they will, mate. We'll uh, definitely link out, message Joel, guys, if you're keen. I don't think COVID-19 should slow you down at all. It should kickstart you in the right gear. 
uh, mindset wise, definitely take that time out to implement those three tasks that Joel's mentioned. If not, touch base with him because he's he's an absolute legend and will definitely help you guys. So so thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you have taken the time to tune in. If you found this episode useful, why not share it with a friend and be the light someone may need? Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This would mean so much to us. Ryan would love to connect with you beyond this episode. The links to everything and anything that was spoken about are in the show notes at www.escapingtheordinarypodcast.com. Talk to you next week.